0: You're listening to Stand Out, Get Noticed, Episode 192. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome to Stand Out, Get Noticed. I'm Christina Cantors, speaker, coach, and founder of The C-Method, where I help high-performing professionals and business leaders build powerful communication skills. You can learn more at thecmethod.com. Now this is the very last episode for 2018. How exciting. Can you believe it? We're already at the end of the year. Next time I speak to you, it's going to be 2019. Oh my goodness. I want to say a big thank you to you, dear listener. If you have been with me this whole year, listening to every single episode, you are, you are truly a rock star. Now today I wanted to share with you a bit of my, the, the lessons learned and also, um, share with you a way that you can do a yearly review because I think it's really important to, to do this. And I, in particular, have been very excited about getting to the end of the year and winding down with all the work stuff because I've been wanting some time to, just reflect and think about what I achieved for the year and what I would like to achieve for 2019. So I thought I'd share some of those methodologies with you and give you something to to think about as you wrap up the end of 2018. So firstly, why is it important that we review the year? The first thing that I want to offer is that so often we, do not celebrate our wins. We achieve, we achieve, we achieve, we get things done, we get things done. And then we move on to the next thing and we don't take the time to really acknowledge what we've just done. And I believe it's important to do this because it helps to give us that sense of accomplishment. You know, some of you listening might be like, "Nah, Christina, I'm just go, go, go. I'm just always onto the next thing, always onto the next thing. But if you're always onto the next thing, you're, it's very difficult to feel really proud and relish that accomplishment, that achievement. And um, so that's why, that's one reason why it's important. The second thing, the second reason why it's important is that reflecting on what we've done and what we've learned. So that includes learning from the mistakes we've made. It carries us forward and into the new year to do things better. Okay. So, you know, if we acknowledge what we've done, that Acknowledge what we um, have learned, some of the mistakes we've made. It's going to help us to make those changes. Because if you continue to do things the same way, you're not going to get a different result. Okay. So if you're looking to create a more successful, a more beautiful 2019 for yourself, then you have to learn from the mistakes that you've made and carry those lessons forward. And then this sets us up for more success. Okay, so let's get into what a yearly reflection looks like. Now, there are many different ways that you can do a yearly reflection and I'm going to share with you the one that I've been – well, that I'm doing um, and this one – and it, it consists of three questions and this is a very simple method that I learned from Marie Folio, who is super fabulous. I love her. She does great videos. Um, and the three questions are, firstly – and I'm going to go into detail in them and what I, you know, what I've shared for each of them um, later. But the three questions are firstly, number one, what did I do, create or achieve that I am proud of? Now you might want to get a pen and paper and write this down or make some notes on your phone if you're able to, as you're listening. So number one, what did I do, create or achieve I am proud of? The second is, second question is what mistakes did I make And what lessons did I learn from these mistakes that I can leverage? So it's kind of like two questions in one, but it's around the mistakes you made and what did you learn from them? And the third question is, what am I willing to let go of? And this could be anything that's hanging around that might be holding you back. So it could be a project that you plan to do but never got around to and you sort of don't really feel like doing it anymore. Maybe it's a goal that you set for yourself, but now you're it doesn't align with what you're wanting to achieve anymore. Um what commitment do you have? Or what stories are you are you telling yourself? You know, what is holding you back? What do you feel is is, is holding you back from achieving what you want? And and, are, and what you, and what do you need to be willing to let go of so those are the three questions now to do this it's much it's easy if it's easier because you might be thinking oh my god but I can't remember you know 12 months of stuff so what you might like to do is go through your calendar and have a look at what important milestones you had throughout the year now something that has really helped me with the yearly review has been been the fact that I've been doing a monthly review at the end of each month. So before we get to the yearly review, something that you might want, like to consider in 2019 is to do a monthly review. And this is what I've been doing. I'll just share with you real quick. Um, I I do a monthly review in Slack. I have my own Slack channel where I just write a note just to myself, and I have a channel in there called Monthly Review, and each month. At the end of the month, I write down my wins. So I go through my calendar and it'll be like, you know, launch this podcast successfully, hit this many downloads, um, earned a record amount of revenue in my business, I'm caught up with this person, you know, because it can be even something small to, to large. I put those wins. I write down the number of podcast downloads I had that much, that month, not much, month. I write down how much revenue I created that month. I write down a new activity that I did that month and I write down a a book that I read that month because those are the things that I want to track. So you can track whatever you want, right? You can track whatever you want. These are the things that I am particularly interested in, so I I'm tracking I'm tracking them. So I do that every month and then when I did my yearly review, I was able to flick through those monthly reviews and then pull out the main parts from them, you know, the, the biggest wins from those that I wanted to do for the yearly review. So to, to, so to help you with your yearly review, it can be really um, useful to do a monthly review as well. So anyway, I'm going to take you through these three questions um, from Marie Folio for to do your yearly review. I'm going to take you through some of the answers that that I wrote down. So the first is, what did I do, create, or achieve that I am proud of? Now, I had quite a few things because as I started writing some down, I was like, oh, I was proud of that as well. One of my biggest, well, one of my proudest moments, not really a moment, proudest things that I created, was I spent six weeks in Europe working and travelling over the Australian winter. So I was able to spend six weeks in summer, Having a blast and running my business at the same time. And this was a huge win for me because this is part of the ideal lifestyle that I want to create in my business. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to, I want to be able to travel and still be successful in my business and not leave it, you know, and have it die when I, when I travel. So this is, this is the successful lifestyle that I've been wanting to create and I am creating it right now. So I'm very proud of having done that. Another thing I am very proud of is I created a six-figure revenue from my businesses, which I was very excited about, and I have big plans for next year in, in increasing that revenue as well. Um, so that was really exciting. I ran my very first group program, my very first group coaching program, which was so much fun. I loved the crap out of doing that program and I cannot wait to do more. So I have a goal for next year to run six group programs. I think it was six. Some of them will have to run concurrently. So I might be running two at once, but that's a goal for me as well. Um, so if you do want to take part in those group programs, then reach out and apply because I have, I have big plans for those. Another big achievement for me was I quit coffee for a month. Now, this may not sound like a big deal to some people. It may sound like a huge deal for others. But for me, it was about dealing with the emotional attachment that I had to coffee. And I'll explain a bit more about that later in this podcast. Um, but that was a big achievement for me. Um, What else? I did a stand-up comedy course. That was a big achievement. That was way out of my comfort zone. And finally, I reached 192 podcast episodes, which is pretty cool. And as of today, where I'm recording, this is late December, um, I hit 996,000 podcast downloads. Now, my goal for 2018, and I've shared this before on on the podcast, my goal was to hit one million podcast downloads total, and I'm so close. I'm like, I'm thousand. I'm less than four thousand downloads away from that, and I am pretty sure we can hit that before the end of the year. Um, but even if we don't, I'm still extraordinarily proud of that. So those are the things that I did, created, or achieved that I am very proud of this year. And that's not exhaustive, um, but those are just a few of the things. All right, now let's get on to the lessons that I learned. And these are not lessons not just related to, you know, communication and my own personal development. It's a mix of, of lessons. And of course, I learned a ton of things, um, but I can only, you know, share a few with you today. The biggest lesson that I learned was one that I learned fairly recently in the last few months and that is that i am not a project manager and i learned this through my other business podcast services australia that i run with my fiance aaron heath and it's a very different business to the c method so with the c method i am coaching clients i'm running training i'm very much working with people it's very people focused with Podcast Services Australia, we are doing a lot of podcast production and setup for clients. And what I found was running these projects, I spent a lot of time behind email. I spent a lot of time um, mess- like coordinating and messaging back and forth. And I found it very draining for me. And I would finish my day feeling exhausted and I would feel unfulfilled, like I hadn't achieved something worthwhile that day. And part of me thought, well, maybe I'm just not good at it. Maybe I just need to learn how to do it better. But I did take time to reflect on it and I realized that, you know what, my strength is in working with people. I love training. I love coaching. I love speaking. I love that interaction with people. And I'm not, uh well, I'm not productive. I'm not happy when I am coordinating via email and and working on tasks. So that was a a really, really powerful lesson that I learned. And something I want to offer you is that when you're, you know, it's important to be aware of your energy levels and how you react to doing certain activities in your day to day. Now, I could have ignored My feelings around doing those project management tasks and thought, you know what? I'll just push through. I'm new to this. Maybe, you know, maybe it's because I'm newish or I still need to, I can learn to get better at it. But then if I'd continued to go down that path, I would have ended up being very unhappy. I would have been overworked because I would have had to put in way, I would have had to pour way more energy into getting the same result for these tasks because it's not a natural way of working for me. And I would have gone down a path of being unfulfilled and and unhappy and potentially burning out. So I'm very grateful for the fact that I was able to pick it up early and say to Aaron, you know what, this isn't for me. You know, you need to do this or we need to hire a project manager. We need to do something because I can't go on like this. So that was a powerful lesson for me. The second lesson that I learned is that coffee does not make me happy. <laughs> and I know this might sound really silly, um, but and I'm not even that addicted to coffee. But what I, fa- what I found was when I had coffee and I had it a few days in a row, it would make me migraine. And when I migrained, I would be completely out of it for the whole morning. I'd have to go to bed. I'd have to close my eyes. I couldn't work. I couldn't do anything. I had to cancel appointments. And I felt terrible, and I kept telling myself, "Christina, why do you keep doing this to yourself? Why do you keep drinking coffee?" And I realized that I was drinking it because I thought to myself, "Oh, you know, I'm feeling a little tired this morning. If I just have this coffee, I'm gonna, I'm gonna feel better. I'm gonna be more productive. I'm gonna be more alert. It's gonna, and it comes down to, you know, it's just, it's gonna make me happy. This beautiful, you know, delicious." coffee that's made just for me. It's going to make me happy. And then I would drink it and then I feel awful. And then I would realize it doesn't make me happy. So that was a a big lesson for me to learn that I'm not just like to learn the real reason behind why I was drinking it. Because I used to say, oh, but I like the taste. Oh, but it's because I'm being social and going out and meeting people. And, you know, we go for coffee. And it wasn't that. It was because I truly felt that it would make me happy and, and stop my feelings of maybe feeling a bit tired or maybe a little bit unmotivated. I was depending on that coffee to help me, to help boost me when it didn't actually do that at all. So that was a big lesson. And when I quit the coffee for a month and I felt amazing, super energized, didn't feel buzzy or weird, didn't get any migraines. I thought, yeah, 100%, this is for me. So it's important, you know, to listen to your body. If you if you eat something and, um, and I know like I don't usually talk about like food or, you know, fitness or whatever on this podcast, but to me if I'm not taking care of my health, if I'm not eating right, exercising, et cetera, then I can't do my work properly. I can't be the best coach, the best speaker, the best facilitator, the best leader. Um, you know, for, for the people around me, for my community, for you guys. So it's so important for me to um, take care of my health. And it's the same for you. You know, it doesn't, you know, developing yourself at work, developing your professional presence, being a great leader, being productive, being a great communicator, that does not happen in isolation. Okay. Okay it happens. We we need to develop ourselves holistically. So this includes taking care of your mental health, taking care of your physical health, which means listening to your body. So when you're eating something or doing something or drinking something that has a negative effect on your body, you need to stop. You need to pause and you need to think about well, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, you know and think about why should I be doing this? Why am I doing this in the first place? Anyway, that's a whole other topic that I don't want to go into, but I just wanted to share that lesson with you. Okay, the next lesson I learned, a big one, was that changing your environment does not make you happy either. <laughs> you know, I went on I went on a silent retreat. And where you don't, you don't talk for two days, and you do, and you meditate, you do a lot of meditation. And um, I remember telling the Buddhist monk, uh, sorry, not monk, a nun, she was female, the Buddhist nun. Um, we were talking about how you know your happiness comes from within, and she was telling me that she she always she thought that you know even though she was very close to reaching enlightenment, she she practiced this stuff every day. She was like, you know, sometimes I still think that chocolate's going to make me happy. And she said, I just experiment. And I think, you know, hey, I'm going to try this little bit of chocolate, see if it makes me happy. And then I eat it. And then I realize, you know, it doesn't make me happy. It doesn't make me happy. And um, I thought that was really funny. She showed that she was, you know, she's still human. She's like, she's still like us mere mortals. Um, but I, I experienced this in, when I went to Europe. You know, I mentioned I went to Europe for six weeks. I thought, because it was winter, I was getting a bit like, you know, just want to get overseas, have a break. I thought to myself, oh, as soon as I'm in Europe, I'm going to be so productive and so creative, and I'm going to write all these blog posts. I'm going to do videos. I'm going to redo my website. I'm going to do all these creative things. And then I got to Europe, and you know what I did? Nothing. Nothing. Well, I, I, I. kept up with the podcast and I kept up with my email, but that was it. And I, I, I ate gelato and pizza and pasta and wandered around Rome and got a suntan and had a really good time. And while I was there, I felt really guilty because I wasn't doing all the stuff I said I was going to do. And then I let it go. I was like, whatever. But when I was speaking to this Buddhist nun at the silent retreat, I told her this story and she said, she said, you know, yeah, it's the same thing as like me eating the chocolate. She said, changing your environment isn't going to make you happy because it's like you're carrying this baggage around with you that makes you unhappy, right? Or or that's, you know, stopping you from doing what you want to do. She's like, it's like you're wheeling this baggage around and you go overseas and you're in Europe, but you still got your bags with you. You haven't left them behind in Australia. You still got your bags. And I realized, oh, that's it. So, I realized for me to be productive and creative and motivated, I can cultivate that anywhere I am. It doesn't matter what my environment is. I should be able to cultivate that from within. So that was an important lesson as well. Okay, the next lesson that I learned was that vulnerability is beautiful and it is powerful. I've done a lot of learning about vulnerability this year. Um, I've been studying Brené Brown's work. And if you haven't yet read her book, um, Daring Greatly, it's amazing. You should go read it or at least listen to her TED Talks. Um, or I've also learned a lot from uh, Fabian Datner, who you would have heard on the podcast a few episodes ago where we talked about avoidance and why we avoid. Um, so vulnerability, I've been learning more and more, is, is so powerful in creating that connection with others. And to paraphrase Brene Brown, she, she says, vulnerability is what we most want to see in others, but we least want to show in ourselves. And this is something that I have been working on. And I actually started working on this with this podcast. As you may recall if you've been listening since the start of the year, I decided, well I was challenged to stop editing these solo episodes. And I was terrified because that would show some vulnerability, right? Because I'd make little mistakes here and there and I couldn't edit them out. And it would show that oh, you know, I'm I'm human. I'm not this perfect robot. And that was scary for me, but I I got over it. And then I had people writing to me and saying, Christina, I can't even tell the difference. And and I realized also that by being more authentic and more human on this podcast actually creates a deeper connection with the audience because that's a big reason why you're listening, right? Because, because I am who I am and I'm not trying to be – Perfect. I'm not trying to be someone who I'm not. So that was a, a a good start. And then another big step for me was when I was creating content for my group coaching program. So there's a an online curriculum where there's video modules. There's eight weeks of of videos and worksheets in there as well that people do week by week. And the old Christina, well, if you know, me last year, I would have tried to find a recording studio. I would have scripted out all my videos perfectly. I would have spent hours trying to get the lighting just right. I would have planned my outfits. I would have done my makeup, like, you know, extra, extra fancy (laughs) or whatever, um, or taken more care with that. And it would have taken me a lot longer to create that content. Now, instead I thought, I thought, you know what? I... I'm trying to, well, in this program, I'm encouraging my students to, to be vulnerable and to not be afraid of being perfect, to, to be okay with delivering an imperfect presentation, you know, to speak up and maybe not have your idea validated, but that's okay. You know, I was encouraging the women in my program to put themselves out there with, and, and to be okay with being wrong or mistaken or rejected or or whatever, but to do it anyway and to lean into that fear. And I thought, well, if I'm teaching this, if I'm encouraging this, then surely I need to demonstrate this as well. So that is why, so when I made the videos, I deliberately did not do them perfectly and I didn't script them and I did them like I would do a podcast like this. So that was a big challenge for me. Um, so whatever, so I'm proof that you can you can do these things. So if there is something where where you're feeling like you have some perfectionist tendencies, maybe you're really fixated on trying to memorize a speech, you know or a script, then I encourage you to lean into that discomfort, embrace your vulnerability, and be okay with. People seeing your human side, you know, be okay with maybe forgetting where you are, or not pronouncing a word properly, or not being able to think of the the right word at the right time. That's okay, you know. People don't expect us to be to be perfect robots, so why should you expect yourself to be that way? Um, okay. And the final lesson I'm going to share with you that I learned in 2019 is to be hyper aware of how certain activities impact your energy levels. Now, managing my energy has been a really amazing learning um, lesson for me. Um, You know, when it comes to doing things like having coaching sessions or doing speaking engagements or having business meetings, I realize that some of these took more energy than others some of them energized me and others were more draining for me um, so something that i was able to do upon recognizing this was i was able to shift my schedule and schedule in and, and understand where how many of those activities that drain me i can schedule in on a single day And I also learned, so then that would give me um, more breathing space outside of them to re-energize myself. So it's about building in time for me to um, re-energize. And I was actually interviewing a woman named Serena Lowe. She's going to be featured on the podcast uh, next year. And she helps introverts to create successful careers for themselves. And we were talking about How, as an introvert, it is possible for you to go out and network, even though it is more draining for you, as long as you build in time before and after that event to um, re-energize yourself, to recharge. So time, time for yourself. So that was the same thing for me. Um, But at the same time, I also learned how to manage my energy in those sessions. And I'll give you an example. I was once running a webinar for I think it was five people. We were running a podcast training course, a private one for a educational institute and they were all around Australia. So we ran these video call, uh, video calls and I am usually very energetic when I'm presenting on stage or running a workshop and people compliment me on that energy. So people say, Oh, you know, it was a really fun workshop. You know, you brought so much energy. Uh, you know, I love, loved how you do- did that. So for me, the story in my head was I need to be high energy in order for my workshops to be effective, in order for people to, to get the the message. You know, so that was the story I was telling myself based on feedback that I'd got from other people. And then what I found was, for example, in this video call, because the people aren't right in front of you giving you direct feedback, they're behind the screen. Um I felt like I had to be extra energetic, you know, extra enthusiastic in order for the, the workshop to be successful. And then I'd finish that workshop and I would feel so drained. I would feel exhausted and I couldn't do anything for the rest of the day. And I, I spoke to my coach about this and she said, you know, could it be that she said, well, what if you just didn't give as much energy? and i had to think about this and i thought about and i unpacked the story that i was telling myself and i realized that i don't have to be over the top energetic in order for my workshops to be successful or effective you know it can you know being energetic can work in some instances like on a big stage in front of hundreds of people where you're getting them you know wanting to get them riled up and energized but in a simple podcast training I don't need to be, you know, that that overly energetic. So I learned how to actually treat my energy like a ch- like the charge of a battery. So I start the start of the day with a full charge, and if I give all my energy to my very first meeting or, or workshop, then I very left very little left for the rest of the day. So what I learned to do was to monitor my energy and to. Be aware of how much I was giving and to not over give in terms of that energy and enthusiasm. Um, and I found that when I was able to monitor that and control it a bit more, I was able to sustain that level of energy throughout the day. And I was able to finish my day feeling amazing, like feeling, feeling good and not feeling like I needed to collapse into bed or just watch, you know, just watch TV. So, that was a a really important lesson for me and it's helping me with my overall energy levels, which is great. So those are some of the lessons that I learned in 2018 that I am carrying forward into 2019 and I'm absolutely going to build on them as well. Now that was a very long answer to that second question, which is what mistakes did you make or what did you learn? Um, And okay, so I'm just going to go into the third question, which is what am I willing to let go of? And I just had a couple things here because I couldn't, I couldn't think of too many things because I, I tend to let go of things pretty easily. Um, but the biggest thing that I'm going to let go of is working at my co-work space in the city. Now I want to let go of this because I live by the beach here in Melbourne and it's beautiful. But to get to the city by public transport, it's a pain in the butt. It really is. I have to get a bus and then I have to get a tram. And to drive to the city is relatively quick, but getting public transport takes a long time. And I was finding myself getting frustrated because I would have to wait for the bus. Then I'd have to wait for the tram. And then if it was peak hour, it'd be packed and I couldn't get on the tram and I couldn't, I couldn't get an Uber because the traffic would be bad. And Yet, I don't need to be in the city. And there's so many co work spaces closer to me. And something that I've been, the rule that I, I aspire to do in my life is to simplify and make and reduce my commute time as much as possible. So, but the, but the thing is, I've been at my co work space in the city and staying there because it's my comfort zone. I've been there for years. I have friends there who I love. And we have a good laugh with and we all hang out together. So something that I, um, upon reflecting on my year, I've realized that I need to let go of my attachment to that particular office and location. And I need to get out of my comfort zone and try a new office, a new co-work space, which is much closer to me. And I have since signed up to a new place. It's called Engine House and it's in Balaclava. So for those of you in Melbourne, if you're looking for a co-workspace, come check it out. It's brand new. It's just opened. The guys who run it, um, Ryan and Rob, are awesome. And something that I'm hoping to do as well, and I'll keep you updated, is to get a bike in 2019 so I can cycle there. So I can get in some exercise. I don't have to get stuck in traffic. I don't have to wait around for the bus and it'll streamline my life and create And and sort of remove some of that friction and frustration. So that's one thing I want to let go of. And the second thing I want to let go of is doing certain admin tasks myself. So this means outsourcing. There's a great saying that I love that, that goes, what got you here won't get you there. And what I've done in my business up until this point has been great in getting me to where I am at six figures, which is amazing. But to get to the next level, right, to triple my income, right, to get to the, the, the next level that I want, I can't continue to do things as I've been doing them. So this means that I need to hire a full-time assistant, which is something I'm committed to doing in 2019. So that requires me to let go of control over you know the tasks I've been doing, letting go of of some of those some of those tasks, um, and so I'm very excited about that. It is a little bit scary, but also exciting. Oh, okay. I just realised I've been talking for like 35 minutes. I'm going to wrap this up, but thank you so much for tuning in and listening. And I hope that you can also do a yearly review and a simple way. Like I just shared is to ask yourself those three questions. Number 1, what did I do, create or achieve that I'm proud of? Number 2, what mistakes did I make and what lessons did I learn? And number 3, what am I willing to let go of? So if you can do that, it's going to set you up really nicely for 2019. And I can't wait to speak to you next week cuz next week I'm going going to be doing a podcast about goal setting and taking these lessons that we've learned from 2018 into 2019 and creating uh, a beautiful plan around that to set us up for a cracking year and to create the most amount of success as possible for us. So thank you for listening. That is all from me this week. Um I would love to hear from you if you have any questions or um, you want to share, what's something you're willing to let go of, or what's a lesson that you've learned this year, or what's something you've achieved, and post it in the Facebook group. We are The C Method Rockstars. If you haven't yet joined, or go to thecmethod.com slash community. That's thecmethod.com slash community. We cannot wait to connect with you. Awesome, Rockstar. Have a wonderful end to 2019 and, I uh, sorry, 2018 getting a bit keen there. Have a wonderful end to 2018. Can't wait to talk to you again in the new year. Keep on being awesome. I'm Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed.